All right, continuing our journey, talking about AI use cases. We talked a little bit about the good, some of the questionable, and this is more around uh, how AI is being treated today and how it could lead to interfaces in the future. Asking a really good question, are chatbots actually the future of interfacing with AI? Some people really like the new format because it is so free reign, but others would point out that you know, because there's so little direction, you don't know how to talk to an AI properly. So maybe chatbots aren't the best idea. And there is an article about this, why chatbots are not the future. And who did you say the author was? That's Amelia Wattenberger. She is the, as far as I can tell, the primary person working on GitHub Copilot Labs, which is your Ooh. testing ground for all the new Copilot stuff that's coming down the wire. Okay, so it's like the nightly sort of build. She's also an amazing like data viz person. Uh, just follow mm. her. She she's great in Salt and D three community. Yeah. All right. And yeah, there's no. Is it already called the T three community? It's so it's so snappy. I said I said D three D three. Oh D three. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I no, never I actually played with D three. Yeah, I don't think so. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a little surprised. Yeah, D3 is a cool tool. I've seen many conference talks on it, but I stick to my CSS. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the first time I'm sort of narrating a blog post, but I can I can go through it here. It's also has a visual element. So, hey, check it out on YouTube if you want to do that, or check it out in the show notes if you want to scroll through it. It had a really nice experience on my phone when I was looking at it in an airport. Should look good for you, too. Uh, but yeah, it starts off with you know a little conversation, basic one. Someone mentioned ChatGPT. I had no choice, but it's turned to an unfiltered, no holds barred, no holds barred rant, <laughs> barred about chatbot interfaces. And unfortunately, for countless hapless people I've talked to in recent months, this was an inexorable. Ooh. Ever since ChatGPT exploded in popularity, my inner designer has been bursting at the seams to save future acquaintances. I come to you today because you volunteered to be here with me to discuss a few reasons chatbots are not the future of interfaces. So first heading, text inputs, have no affordances. If anyone's read, uh, what's it, Design of Everyday Things, if you've ever pulled on a door handle and expected it to push, affordances. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was complaining about that yesterday, actually. Any Anytime I think of everyday design. Design of everyday things. So when I go up a mountain to ask ChatGPT Oracle a question met with a blank face, what does this Oracle know? How should I ask my question? And when it responds, it is endlessly confident. I can't tell whether or not it actually understands my question or where this information came from. Good, good tools make it clear how they should be used and more importantly, how they should not be used. If we think about a good pair of gloves, it's obvious how we should use them. They're hand-shaped, put them on your hands. And the specific material tells you more about the gloves. Medical Metal mesh gloves prevent physical harm, Rubber gloves prevent chemical harm. Leather gloves look cool on a motorcycle. And if you compare that to looking at a typical chat interface, the only clue is you should type characters in the checkbox, in text box. The interface looks the same as a Google search box, login form, credit card field. Of course, users can learn over time what prompts work well and what don't, but the burden to learn what works still lies for every user when it could be baked into the interface itself. And... I, I like this idea, but I've never, I haven't seen anything done around this. Are there existing wrappers on ChatGPT that are like just taking the text box and making it more friendly what you should type in? Or are most people just like really specific use cases? 
they exist, but not in, none of them are popular. They're just tech demos. Gotcha. Yeah, I believe that. Because it's less flashy to just say it's ChatGPT, but slightly easier. It's usually ChatGPT for voice recording or something. But it does it does have a nice example here, annotating a ChatGPT query that you might decide is like a good query for what you're trying to do. So the little lead-in up to here, prompts are just a pile of context, which is true. LLMs make it too easy. We send them text and they send back text. The easy solution is to slap a shallow wrapper on top and call it a day. But pretty soon we're going to get sick of typing all the time. If you think about it, everything you put in a prompt is a piece of context. Let's look at a simple example. And this is uh, sort of setting the stage for it. I want you to act as a dream interpreter. I will ask you descriptions of my dreams and you will provide interpretations based on the symbols and themes present in the dream. And that is like the second block, how should you respond? The third block, how should you not respond? Do you provide personal opinion? Do not provide personal opinions or assumptions about the dreamer. What type of information do I want? Provide only factual interpretations based on the information given. And how should we start? My first dream is about being chased by a giant spider. Uh, I don't think all of these need to be present in any prompt for it to be a good prompt. This feels like super arbitrary on like where you could draw lines in a prompt. But I, I like that it keeps some things in mind because the first thing I noticed with people like tapping into chat GBT, they don't set context at all. They don't say, I want you to act like X. I want you to be this person. Like you just assume that it is a person that knows everything. So you don't tell it any rules. And yeah, it feels like for a lay person that these should be like, these should be in every prompt. And at the moment, it, there's no way to know that. Uh, so continuing here, how can we make it easier for users to provide all this context, exploring AI writing interface, focus on making you a better writer, mimicking a good writing tutor, suggest improvements to your content, try smoothing out this transition, add tangible examples here. I... This is where it starts to lose me a little bit. Um, Why? What's around that? like, I don't know. Because I, I hear this and think, well, I don't want an AI to treat me like a teacher. Of <laughs> Try writing this better or try writing this in a different way. It feels like if you really cares, it should have the guardrails or sort of having these written out boxes for you. Like I've, I've never really seen it. Oh, no, that. I mean. But, but... It's there. That's what she wants. This is just the product that she's designing for. I mean, mm. that's not the point of the article, though, you know? Gotcha. Do you think she has a product in mind she's writing just in... this? Yeah, this is, this is it. Oh, this what, what's is on right now? The pen like pal? a thing? Oh. Yeah, yeah. This is real. Um, she, she actually, so. Oh, I did not know this. Before she wrote this post, she came to my uh, AI UX meetup um, and presented this, and it was really impressive. Uh, the, the video of it is up um, on my site. If you want to just Google AI UX meetup, um, she's like the sixth or seventh presentation on that, on that site. Interesting. Yeah, this, is, this isn't AI prompting at all. This is just a writing tool. That gives you more it's prompting it's just prompting under the hood right you know and i mm. think basically why she's like no more chat box or no more text is because you can you can use affordances in creative manners that kind of hide the prompting underneath and that's what she's doing here she's making it easy to construct the right prompts and um and use it towards something apply it towards something useful 
so I really liked it. I mean, uh, but I, I feel like maybe it got lost that, you know, this isn't a mock. This is a, a real demo. Yeah. Yeah, I did not like, connect. It's a thing that. that she uses. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So this stuff, well, like, she should on have the screen, my video in there. What? <laughs> so this text on the stream is something a human wrote, right? Like a human is writing the script, and this is telling yeah, yeah. the AI how to sort of guide them in writing practices, yeah. kind of. Okay. Give me, give me general suggestions, improvements, praise for the concepts. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so good. Yeah, because Grammarly is just you know really machine level. This is, you know, incorrect with the English language, but this idea of like turning the sentence into a Shakespearean methinks, like that it no nothing suggests that. That is so weird. <laughs> but yeah, that that's cool. That's cool. So you're not asking AI to write a story for you. You're asking AI to, you know, just follow your lead. Because you're already setting the stage. Yeah, that makes sense. Who are you? What should it feel like? Type of writing. Oh, this is cool. Yeah, and Copal for docs. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah, I've seen this before. This idea where I'm an intermediate developer. Yeah, a sliding scale to decide what you want to do. This is kind of like the the create anything app idea that I think we talked about last week, where you don't know what people are expecting. You don't know their background knowledge, or they, you don't know if they're coming in with Tailwind and expect like, oh yeah, the startup project should obviously have Tailwind. Like you, there should be a way to tell it exactly the kind of person you are before it gives you recommendations or tells you about the tool. For docs, that, that just seems like an extension of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and let me let me read this block here. Even if we're determined to stick with the chat interface, we should make we can make things easier for users. Recently, my team shipped a prototype named Copilot for Docs, exploring ways to make technical documentation easier for devs to use. I think two parts, finding the most relevant information to a user's question, synthesizing an answer using that information. I'm going to click into Copilot for Docs because is this, a, is this something that slots on top of an existing documentation site? It looks like uh, it. Uh, maybe. Yeah, because <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I I'm hoping it's not something that writes documentation for your library because eh, I, I like docs first development. Explain the thing before yeah. it's done implementing. Yeah, but it looks like this is just sliding on top of React JS. Yeah, um, curated by that, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, this isn't something that's hosted by a maintainer. This is just GitHub owning the God doc site, <laughs> I guess. Developers, yeah, for example, how to use Tailwind with Next.js. Exactly, this part. <laughs> Copal can help you look up across both libraries and give you one answer. Makes sense. It does mean that they're owning everything. Yeah, well, once again, it's like Google search for docs. <laughs> Can't be too mad. That's cool. Yeah, okay, okay. I can dig that. Okay, the last part of this article, or last two bits. I also noticed there's this little visual down here that I've been ignoring, but it kind of builds up as you go. Uh, ah, she's so good. Are, yeah, she's, I know. I mean, she just does this for fun. 
<laughs> I mean, it's like it's like kind of evocative of the form factor that she wants to tell you about, you know? Um, yeah. And by the way, do you know the name of the style that, that, that is on the bottom right? No. It's a, it's a fun little uh, design, design fad quiz. So this is a uh, neomorphism. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. Where it's mixing skewmorphism and flat design. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's a, there's a site for that uh, where you can kind of grab and copy and paste uh, neomorphic CSS. Uh, so gotcha. the whole site is, you know, this, this whole blog post is, is in the neomorphic style. Yes, for sure. It's usually really extended box shadows. And I think Josh Komu has something for this because you can't just use like the web standard box shadow. You need five box shadows overlaying each other in the perfect way <laughs> in a slight gradient. There's an art to it. And well, you know, AI I could just give you that. But yeah, I, I love this. The visuals make some sense too. It started with like the frowny face. Then we had the pile of context. Now we, we're highlighting the responses that come back from that text box, and those are all separate. That makes sense. But once ChatGPT mm -hmm. responded, how do I get it to take me to the right house? Say you asked ChatGPT to improve your writing. Let's use this paragraph from Walden as an example. I'm not going to use the whole thing. I'm not going to read all that. Uh, we asked ChatGPT to make this text better. Yeah. And then we can ask it, rewrite this text with a more active language. Yeah, this this is something that I, I have felt with trying to get it to refine code that it wrote because it will sometimes refine a bunch of other things in the code when you ask it, oh, just change this one part of that example because it doesn't run. And then it gives you a new code block, but these three other variable names also changed and you have no idea why. You can't set a ton of context to say this and this and this are all perfect. Keep these the same, but exclusively modify this but there's no diff between the two blocks. So you're scanning it to make sure that it didn't jumble things up while it was trying to fix a mess. And for writing, I could see that being annoying too. If it's modifying a block of text, you literally want git diff <laughs> across this whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know any coding tools that do that either. I don't know if you have thoughts around that or how like refining the results of AI code could be better if it deserves its own interface or if it's just free. Uh, so Copilot Labs, which is the thing that Amelia works on, they have this concept of brushes and you can customize a brush to refine things to whatever you wish. Mm. Uh, you should try it out. It's, uh, I don't think there's a wait list. I think you just, just sign up for it. Uh, most people just don't know about it. That's all. But uh, Amelia does work on this on it for, for her day job. Okay. Yeah, I only know the front-facing Copilot. That yeah, this, is just the a, yeah. There's there's Copilot Labs and then there's Copilot X, which is rolling on now. Yes, yeah. And there was that crazy figure in there that everyone shocked when I quote it. That says uh, it was either thirty percent or forty percent of 40. all code is written by AI. Yeah, that part. Uh, I don't not know just about written, that. It's it's checked in unmodified. Yes. So. So there might there might be others that like was generated but then modified by the human. Okay. Yeah. How does it know, though? Because uh, I feel like I've, is... I've copied prompts and only kept one line, but it might decide that it kept twenty lines of AI generated text. I don't know. So Copilot knows what it generates for you. Um, if you look at uh, if you want to Google this, um, look for uh, reverse engineering Copilot 
um, someone someone built a uh, wrote a blog post about going through the copilot internals, uh, which is just the code. Yeah, um, yeah, that one, and then you just kind of click through on the link. Um, either, either the first or the third link. Yeah, uh, yeah probably. Yeah. Yeah. So this this basically just like tells you how copilot works under the hood, um, and they basically keep track. Uh, if you if you look at number three. Um, Telemetry, mm -hmm. the forty percent. How? Yeah, well, there you go. How is the forty percent number measured? So, yes. Uh, after the generation, they check uh, at the fifteen second, thirty second, two minute, five minute, and ten minute timeouts. They yeah. check if it's still in code. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Paranoid about the codes prior to using Copilot. All right. All right. Let me read this part. Copilot success rate isn't just a matter of trivially computing. It's because people typically accept and make modifications. So you should ask that if that's okay. And different time lengths after the insertion. Yeah, okay, so it's got timeouts for all of this stuff. I was wondering about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, and good. it is all authenticated through GitHub. So I guess, uh, can it do that in any editor? It feels like it has to have in deeper tie-in with like, yeah. Because we're no, just using Vim no. and you use the language tool for Copilot. Like, really? It's able to figure that out? Okay. Oh, I don't know about Vim. Yeah. I mean, like, any anything with with a language server, I think it could be extended to. But then yeah. they would have to build the UI for Copilot, and that doesn't exist in Vim. Right. Um, there is a Vim language tool for it. I know that much. Okay. Yeah. But, okay. Gotcha. It's real. All right. I'm going to link this in the chat if anyone's actually curious about that. Because up until now, no one's told me how they've actually gotten the telemetry. That's this, this is a good yeah. use of stuff. And I'll look at the well, other secret stuff. You know, you just have to read every AI article yeah. in existence. Yep. Like I've been doing. <laughs> if only someone did that. <laughs> if only they were free for like a call or something. Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. Okay. So we, we went through most of this article going back to it. Uh, history. There we go. Uh, so I'll, I'll just skim over to the last section, no man's land. Just ongoing trends towards continuous consumption, shorter mind-melting content, have a few minutes, stare at TikTok, winding down for sleep, doom scroll 180 characters. Don't do that at night. Don't do that at night. I don't do that at night. Uh, most products that I've seen build with LLMs push it further down the road. We, why write words when AI can write an article for you? When I try these new products, I find myself transported to Wally. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the road that you can go down if you take it to a conclusion. Uh, the way I say there's a specter of how much human input is required. When a task is mostly human input, the human is in control. Yeah, okay. Once we offload the majority of the work to a machine, the, hum the human is no longer in control. It's a no man's land, but they're not in control of the outcome. As far as the end spectrum, users feel like machine operators. Yeah, automating tasks is going to be amazing for road straightforward. Yeah, this is ending the article with the existential crisis people are thinking about. I assume there's not a strong conclusion about that here. <laughs> I want to see no. more tools and fewer operated machines. Okay, yes. What we all want to see. What we all want it to be. You, and I guess the thinking is working on human input stuff like Copilot Docs. That is going towards the humans are in control avenue. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Keeping it at enablers. Yeah, well, I'll be def I'll definitely be following your work. 
now that I know she's involved in Copal for Docs and this, what, what's it called? Pen Pal. Is it just called Pen Pal? That's so much. That's yeah, so um, it's not released yet, which is making it a little bit harder to reference. Uh, it's yeah. oh, gotcha. So she's just doing demos right now. Okay. Like yeah, this one. Can you imagine well. like, her personal project looks like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I mean, and I bet it's that... like artisanal CSS too. There's she's no designs. She's, she's just very good. She's yeah, oh, she's man. very good. Yeah. I'm leaning on pre-built themes right now because I'm just, I can't focus my brain on making it look beautiful and like be super, super useful. So yeah, dang. Well, maybe if you tried harder, you could, you could do that. Uh -huh. Right? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, cool. Sounds um, like, I, I, yeah. that's, that's all. You know, I, I think mostly, um, I think there's, uh, for the front end developers watching or listening, um, my overall take is that we have to be a lot more thoughtful about the way that AI is integrated into products. There's a tremendous amount of space for developers and designers to take the lead on this because the machine learning people are not going to do it. So it's mm -hmm. up to you. So jump on in. Water's very warm. Yeah. I have a feeling if front-enders just jumped in, AI products would be way, way, way more usable. But right now, there's just not a ton of crossover. At least I'm in my twi Twitter tech sphere of front end people that are arguing about frameworks and React use effect, and none it's of them so are doing boring. crazy stuff. I know. It's so yeah. Boring. I'm starting to I'm starting to feel that. <laughs> I, I am. I kind of want to just go build things yeah. that are using these new APIs. So yeah, there you go. Go build something.